I'm a process-oriented person. I believe in investing in the process and refining your process is the best thing that you can. And that's not just YouTube, that's life. And so I've honed my process over three years to the, the way that I can, you know, crank out ridiculous, it's ridiculous for me, ridiculous amounts of content. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast, brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today's guest is Gary from the YouTube channel, The Everyday Dad. Gary began his YouTube journey several years ago, reviewing a 3D printer. It then transitioned into camera gear and technology, and now he's doing computers, tablets, and all sorts of tech reviews. Gary has an incredible work ethic and is able to produce almost three videos a week while holding down a full-time job. Yes, I said it, a full-time nine to five job, as well as an active growing YouTube channel. Over the last couple months, his YouTube channel has almost doubled in view count and his subscriber growth has been faster than ever. In this conversation, I speak with Gary about how he's achieved such growth in such a short amount of time, as well as how he's able to stay so routine and structured while retaining a full-time job. Without any further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Gary from The Everyday Dad. All right, so we are here with Gary from the YouTube channel, The Everyday Dad. Thanks, Gary, for being here on the Golden Hour Podcast. Well, hey, thanks for having me, Dave. I really appreciate it. So uh, let's see. We've been friends for a while now. Uh, I think our friendship really deepened when we got to hang out together at CES 2019, I believe. Yeah, 2019. Um, well, you, you saved me on that one. So I was already planning on going to CES 2019. My hotel fell through like one week <laughs> beforehand, and uh, yeah. I thought I was going to have to cancel the whole trip. I started complaining about it on Twitter, and then Dave, out of nowhere... Um, saved my bacon and uh, you're very I seriously I appreciate it man you saved that whole trip for me so that was that was great so yeah what it's been that was fun though it was you me and Connor all rooming together in an apartment or a a hotel room that was a fantastic Um, that was a fantastic trip that was my that was both our first CES uh, experiences I think that was the year that the uh, the sharp 8k camera was announced and uh you know that kind of was crazy, and now here we are in 2020. It still hasn't come to fruition, and uh, the R5 from Canon's about to just eat its lunch, anyways. So, right. <laughs> um, but Gary, you're you've been kind of. It's been really fun for me to watch your career grow over the last couple of years. Um, j- mostly on Twitter because we're both Twitter boys. Uh, I love Twitter. It's, it's my favorite best. social platform. I wish more people were on it. Like uh, growing on Twitter is like, you know, it's like growing. It's, I don't know. Uh, it's like watching paint dry. Like you, you don't really gather followers too quick. Um, you can't really necessarily make money off of it, but it's so enjoyable. I don't know. I just, I love Twitter. That's yeah, how we spe- kind of met, I guess. That's true. Yeah. I'm a, I consider myself a Twitter power user. I've currently got Twitter <laughs> up on my phone. I've got it up on the big screen right here, and then I'm just, like, if I, I'm on the iPad right now doing the FaceTime yeah. with you, and I'm sure Twitter's uh-huh. the, the thing that's on, I'll find myself like, hey, <laughs> okay, I'm going to set this down to not do Twitter anymore, and then I go up yeah. to my computer, and the first tab I open is Twitter. So we met on Twitter, um, and your career has just been so thrilling to watch over the last year and a half, and in particular, these these last three, four months for you have been phenomenal. Um, and I want to get into all that. Your growth has been insane. I feel like you've really honed in on your style, on your ability to really crank out content. 
um, on a daily basis. It's really amazing, and I applaud you for it because not only are you doing this uh, on YouTube, on Twitter, um, you have a full-time job. You have, you also have a, a real honest-to-God, you know, paycheck job, right? Yeah, I'm a, so I'm a project manager for a software company. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. – that. That makes it sound like I'm smarter than I actually am. I'm not the person developing the software. So if you've ever seen Dilbert, right? I love yeah. <laughs> Dilbert. And it's a great it's, comic strip, yeah. It's like a struggle every day to not turn into the pointy-haired boss because that's pretty much my role to like <laughs> tell all the smart people what to do. Like I've got no kidding like super smart engineers and scientists that like work on these teams. And it's yeah. hard because I want to be like, hey, scientist – I need you to science better today. Can you, I need you to science faster. <laughs> like we got to get this product out. Can you please science faster? Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, juggling the creative side versus the family. Cause I, you know, it's the everyday dad. I do have a, a wife and a son and just balancing that against making YouTube content. And it, so it's not, I don't do daily. I, I try to do three videos a week. Um, it, it fluctuates the, the video quantity fluctuates based on how much time I have available. So if I don't have as much time, I'll go to two videos a week. When I have more time, I'll try to do four videos a week. But it's all about, and that might sound crazy, and it, I do not recommend anybody that's like listening to this and has decided, hey, I want to start a YouTube channel. I want to be just like Everyday Dad. I'm going to put out that much content. I don't recommend that. This is I've been doing this for <laughs> three years now. I have, um, I'm a very, I'm not a... I'm a process-oriented person. I believe in mm. investing in the process and refining your process is the best thing that you can. And that's not just YouTube. That's life. Um, and so I've honed my process over three years to the, to the, uh, you know, the, the way that I can, you know, crank out ridiculous. It's ridiculous for me. Ridiculous amounts of content. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it is ridiculous, but like you said, I've, I've been able to watch and see you, you refine that process. And, uh, I mean, let's, let's just start there. Um, when you first started, what was it that, I mean, the name of the channel kind of gives it away, but tell me about kind of the initial reason why you started this in the first place, the everyday dad. Well, so the everyday dad, the name is, I don't know why I came up with that name. That was just like, so (laughs) I started YouTube because I was watching I I've been watching YouTube since it started like for a long time I've watched and enjoyed watching YouTube videos and I was watching this one video one day I remember the channel's name was called the life of Tyler I don't even think he makes YouTube videos anymore but he made a video about a 3d printer and I just I was sitting in my home office and I looked Uh at the screen and I was like I could do that and so (laughs) no kidding I went I bought a 3d printer and I, I made I started making videos and I just, I haven't stopped. Uh, there's been some, I mean, it, so I, I consider myself a gearhead. Like I just love gear. Like it doesn't matter before YouTube, I was big into triathlons and I loved buying bicycles and you know, all the crazy stuff for that. And now that it's in YouTube, it's about computers and cameras and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I would talk about gear even if YouTube didn't, didn't exist. So it, it's more about, I just enjoy talking about I love gear. I can't like it's, it's <laughs> it doesn't too. matter. I could talk about any of it. So it's uh, so I, I've transitioned over the over the years. I can say years now um, where we started off doing 3D printers. We moved to like motorcycles and then drones um, and then cameras. And now we're kind of transitioning uh, away from cameras. And it's yeah, it's been 
it's been a wild three years. I still am surprised <laughs> that it's been about three and a half, almost three and a half years now that where's the time go? And I, I noticed that you say we, uh, is your wife involved in this process of your career here with YouTube I, and stuff? Well, she's, she's supportive. Um, when I say we, I like using the Royal we, um, I'm a big fan of bringing every, like, so everybody's a part of this. It's not just me. I consider, yeah. uh, I guess I didn't, you, I didn't notice that I did that as much, but I, I do it in all the videos and maybe I've just done it so long in the videos that it, it's bled over into everything. But I think I do it in like, I'm looking over to my work from home setup over there. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, I, I just, I just, I consider, I like, I don't like using exclusive language. I like using inclusive language. So if it's, if it's something that I screwed up on, then I say I. But if it's something good, I try to say we. Same here. I think it's a great leadership skill set that you have. And uh, I need I need to be better. We all need to be better at that. Uh, <laughs> that's really interesting. And I mean, again, what, what was the point of the Everyday Dad, the name? Was it just kind of this like, okay, I'm, I'm, I am a, a normal average Joe. I'm a dad. You know, I want to be relatable. Was that kind of the... The idea behind it? Well, I, the original idea behind the channel was it was going to be me like getting into hobbies every like I could I was going to consider breaking it down into like seasons. So this season, we're going to talk about 3D printers. This season, we're going to talk about motorcycles and just trying to show that a regular person could do all this stuff. That's where my I've actually had my catchphrase. You know, if I can figure it out, you can figure it out since that yeah. like that was in my very first video. Um, cool. And so it was it was more about the everyday dad is not necessarily like the theme of the channel. It was never intended to be the theme of the channel. It's just like, I am the everyday dad. It was, it was a way to not use my name. So if, if I was a little more daring, I would just use my name in place of it. It's not like, and I get those comments (laughs) a lot where it's like, well, this isn't a thing that a dad would talk about. It's like, well, it's not, it's not about being a dad. It's about like, I am the everyday dad, like (laughs) kind of thing. I am, you are, we all are. We are the everyday dad. (laughs) You should uh, start. You should start a new like. Uh, you should call your fans the Dad Bods. <laughs> What's up, Dad Bods? <laughs> Welcome back to Dad Bods. Yeah. Although Gary, if you can't see him in this podcast because you're listening to the audio, Gary is very fit. He he goes for runs and jogs all the time, right? You you I say remember... that after I just ate like two gigantic slices of pizza, <laughs> and I'm gonna have two more as soon as we're done doing this. I and love maybe pizza. Some ice cream. Pizza. That's one of the things I I literally had this thought the other day. I was like. I really should get on a diet, but I love pizza. <laughs> I'm a big fan. That's why I have to run so much is because I, I eat so much. Like I used to, I used to be significantly overweight. So like I have to, like that guy is always inside of here. And so I have oh, to really? rein him in. And the way I rein him in is I just, well, he continues to eat all the pizza. So he has to run a lot to <laughs> not do that. That's hilarious. Um, so when we first met, you were, you were in the camera space, so let's start there. You're you're really diving into camera reviews um, and exploring just everything uh, in that space. And I really love kind of how you started. You know how you just mentioned with the 3D printing. You just kind of were like, oh, I could do that, and you just started going. Um, unlike a lot of people that we've interviewed, and myself included, who have a filmmaking uh, and freelance kind of photography filmmaking background, that then have transitioned into doing YouTube, you really just started from the ground, you know, from the, from the start, just going for it and learning as you, as you went. Tell me about that process. 
I'd never used a camera. Like never. Well, I've used I used the the click ones, the the disposable ones where you're like chirk chirk, and then you take the picture. That's <laughs> yeah, the only the camera Kodak. I'd ever used in my life. Um, disposable Kodaks or Fujis. Yep, yeah. Yep. That's the only camera I'd ever used in my life. When I started YouTube, I was using my cell phone, and then I started using my wife's like four year old Nikon D fifty one hundred five thousand. I don't remember which one it was, but it was old. It didn't do autofocus or anything like that. So yeah, I've had to learn a lot along the way. And it's kind of, <laughs> now I love cameras. Like even though I don't necessarily talk about them anymore, I obs- I still read like everything about every camera and I yeah. am on B&H photo. Like I don't even plan on buying anything, but I spend at least an hour a day just browsing through it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was it was fun starting out that. And that was part of the point was if you want to start a YouTube channel, not, I didn't necessarily ever want to be, and I still don't want to be like, Hey, do this with your, you know, your tags or your title. I really wanted to show by example, like, look, a person that had, I was actually afraid of the M dial, like the manual dial on my camera for a year. Cause I knew when I turned it to M, I ruined everything. So <laughs> yeah, like legitimately. Um, and then I was, it was like to show, Hey, look, this guy can figure out how to actually make the footage look decent. I can do uh-huh. that. So it was more to like look at me succeed and then you can then figure out that you can succeed too because yeah. i am not the sharpest hack in the box so literally so if i can figure it out anybody can figure it out and that's that's always been like the driving force of the channel i mean yeah topics change or i get really excited about apple this apple that or like panasonic panasonic or cameras or whatever but the real driving thing was and most of the thing that i try to get across in twitter is like anybody can do this like this is the time if you've ever wanted to like grow an audience and maybe it's weird for people who are like, Oh, why would you just want to grow an audience? But I've always like, I started a blog back in like 2007. I had my first Twitter account back in 2007 that I wish I had not, you know, abandoned. Cause you know, who knows where that would have been uh, today, <laughs> but it's like, I've always wanted to like create something and you always just feel like, well, I can't do that. These people look at how great this stuff looks. I can't do that. But then it was just to like show, hey, if this person that doesn't know how to do any of this stuff can actually do it, anybody, anybody could do this. I love it. Long that's story the long. beauty that no, that's so great. I think that's such a beautiful kind of story and career because uh, the internet is just so powerful, and the fact that um, that anybody can just pick up a camera, pick up your phone, and start just from the beginning and just start learning and growing and. The thing that I love about for, for your career is we've all been able to watch it. Whereas for me, I started when I was 17 years old shooting weddings and then I did documentaries and films and stuff. There was, you know, a decade of my career in the video industry that nobody saw that I didn't really, you know, I had friends and mentors in my life, but like I didn't have a lot of input. I didn't have a ton of critical, uh, you know, people uh, constructive criticism to to help me grow i had to seek that out myself and i think there's a lot of value in what um what you've done you've you've been able to really grow and excel uh at a crazy fast rate you might not realize it because it's your own reality but in my opinion i think the amount of growth in terms of uh skills that you've gathered in the last two years has been phenomenal and it's it's really cool to see well, thank you. Yeah, it's been it has been a wild ride. Um, I so I do recommend when people ask me anymore uh, whether they should start a YouTube channel or not. I do generally say yes, 
but I caveat it now because YouTube is kind of like I consider YouTube or any social media like the the initial land grab is over. Um, it is a gamble now. You know, I am I consider myself exceedingly blessed and fortunate um, to be where I'm at um, because I I do consider myself to be moderately successful. Yes, there's people that do better than me. There's people that do worse than me. But it's you should take a swing at it. But it, it is you know it's always it's always a gamble. Nobody knows what the algorithm of any platform is going to do tomorrow. So you've really got to enjoy it. Like I said, I'm like, if YouTube went away tomorrow, I would still talk about gear. I mean, my wife would get sick of hearing about it. Cause she's the one, if I don't have YouTube as an outlet, she's the one that's got to hear about it. Um, yeah. She, and she got real sick about hearing about time trial bicycles and like aerodynamic helmets. <laughs> and so when I started YouTube, now I can talk, I can ho- get most of it out. She still gets some of it where I'm like, I can't believe it. Did you know this thing's, Listen, we got to talk about this camera. And she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to hear about the camera anymore. Gary, I don't want to hear about the camera. <laughs> That's why I love you, man. I, I think we're really kindred spirits in a lot of ways. I am very similar. I'm, I totally love gear. When I started my channel for Kinotika, it was a lot of people were like, well, you know, it's not all, it's not about the gear that matters. It's all about story. And then I'm like, well, my story is gear. So <laughs> yeah, that's, I there, look, if I'm a very average person. And so if I love talking about gear, there are plenty of other people out there that love talking <laughs> about gear or love hearing it. Like I spend a lot of my time watching. Uh, so I will watch a, so people doing the, um, the Appalachia trail, the AT trail, I will spend whole days watching their gear layout videos. Like I can't, yeah. I can't, I just love gear. I'll talk about gear. <laughs> and, uh, hours. It's, it is an interesting kind of niche, isn't it? Cause like you do have the, the practical side of it where it's like, okay, I'm a photographer or filmmaker or, uh, an editor. And I just want to watch a review cause I have some money to spend. I'm ready to upgrade. Um, and so they come for the information and then they leave. But what I think both you and I have learned over the years growing our audiences is this is entertainment. People watch the videos for entertainment. Even if, I mean, I watch your videos all the time and I have no interest in buying. I will never switch to a PC. Like, I just don't care. But you're doing these great. uh, And because I know that you're a Mac guy, you have this great perspective of both Windows, PC and, and Macintosh. And I feel like I'm learning a lot through you because i don't you know i don't want to go buy all those and test it myself you know um and that's entertaining that's entertaining to me i yeah i i i really just there's something about the process of making videos that i just enjoy doing like it's it's something that i don't know that i'd ever want to do it as a full-time job i know like the 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 everybody you know the the goal the ultimate goal for a lot of people um is to do this full-time and i like the the safety net of having a nine to five where yeah. I can go to work, you know, the, the, the employer takes care of health insurance stuff, the boring adult stuff. Um, yeah. but it's, I just, I just love making videos. I love, and it's, it just, you got to do it about something that you really enjoy because that's, what's going to hold you up. Cause there are peaks and valleys and sometimes those valleys are long and sometimes those <laughs> valleys seem like they're never going to end. Um, yeah. So it's it's got to be your enjoyment of it that that pulls you through that because even even me there's been a few times um, throughout the the course of you know making YouTube videos that I've considered just quitting because it's like well nothing I'm doing's working you know it, the the dream is over and it's just there are everybody goes through that and that's what oh, I get yeah. um, 
Like it hurts to see people go through that. Like when you you're on, tw- I'm pointing to Twitter right now, but when you're going through Twitter and you're seeing people struggle and yeah. it sucks because we've all been there, and you just it's your enjoyment of it that takes you through it. That's as as yeah, good as you're gonna get. I hate how yeah on Twitter a lot of our friends um, will share just really sad comments that people leave that are just racist. They can be offensive. They can be just so rude, and uh, that is kind of. I guess you can sort of sign up for that when you put yourself out there on the internet, but um. oh well. So I have a way different take on that. I so if I look, so the everyday dad is not a democracy. The everyday dad, um, <laughs> I is, love this. It, no, the ever so I do not allow any kind of bad faith comments um, on my YouTube channel. I don't even think about it. Like I, I do okay. check my comments all the time. I respond to every comment made within the first hour and a half a video goes live. Um, but then after that, I, you know, I make sure to police it because I don't want it to turn into, you know, a, a place where people don't feel good to talk to each other. Um, yeah. So as soon as I see somebody commenting in bad faith, they're they're banned. Like I don't even. And so when you don't I even was, just delete it, you ban them. I ban them. Like I so it it started off where I was like, I'm going to respond to every comment and I'm going to change every, everybody. You know, I can change as many people as I can. Um, because I'm, you know, excited and I'm awesome. And maybe I'm jaded after doing this for three years, but like <laughs> the, the problem is that when you start getting so many comments and so many, so many views in that you're like the human brain can't handle like how many comments are coming in. So it's, it's overwhelming. Just, it is. So it's, you know, I'm a, I'm a big preacher of self-care overall. So I am all about, you know, self-care number one, um, when it comes to like, I mean, anything, I guess, when it comes to regular work, too. But when it comes to YouTube, I'm all about self-care. So if I see somebody that I don't even read the comment, if it looks like it started off in bad faith, I I mean, maybe that's me being like, I'm Gary on my high horse. But <laughs> it's I've been doing it. Like I said, I've been doing it a long time. I've had a, I've made a lot of communities angry. And uh, well, it's just it's the way I get through it. Well, I mean, it's if you're at, if you're at a public place and somebody just starts shouting evil things, they're going to be asked to leave. I mean this is your that's your space on the internet it's your it's your room it's your uh you know your space so you you can you're the king you're the king of that i'm the every i'm not an everyday dad i'm the everyday dad (laughs) with the band with i've got the band clicker yes so let's talk process uh because that's one of the early things that you mentioned uh in our conversation that you really love uh doing what is your process and how did you develop it because if you just watch, you know, if I told somebody who's never seen your content, go watch five of Gary's videos and then tell me, tell me the format, they, they can probably tell it to me. Cause you have, you have a couple of different buckets of, uh, styles that you do unboxings, you have reviews, comparisons, and then maybe some extra other things, but, um, you've really developed a style and a format, um, so share how you developed that and why you stick to it so heavily. So, uh, well, I mean, I guess, so the process itself developed over just making crappy videos for a long time. But so I see people say like, hey, you have to make, you know, X number of crappy videos before you make your first good one. And <laughs> I mean, I agree, but you should always try to make your best. But you always have to understand that perfect is the enemy of good. And yes. I'm a very big believer in an 80% solution as often as you can is the best way to do any. That's another dad, dad advice, uh, dad (laughs) wisdom, but no. So my process is, it's been refined after doing this for so long. 
Um, but I really, so I have what I call, or I consider core content buckets. So if I get, you know, a new iPad comes out tomorrow and I go and I pre-order it, I already know the videos that I'm going to make. I mean, I've got my videos planned out now for the next three weeks on what I'm going to make, when I'm going to make. So it's really easy for me to take those those buckets of core content when something new comes out or maybe something new hasn't come out and I've got to like go back into the, the hinterlands of what I used to do and pull it forward. So I already know what I'm going to do. Um, and then I spend most of my time. What I, I consider the most important part of the process is all of your pre-production, your pre-planning. So I spend about 80% of my time doing everything that happens before I hit record. Like I take my script writing very seriously I take the planning of the videos very seriously. And when you get those two things down, it's really easy to just sit down, hit record, because then you're not wasting time um, flubbing stuff uh, because you don't know what you're going to say. It's really easy to control it. And when you can control it, you can refine it. If you're always, and I don't know how people do it when they're just like, oh, I only have like three bullet points and then I just make a 20 minute <laughs> video off it. I don't know how people do that. Like I can... I can You're do looking it. at one of those guys. I know. I'm sorry. No, I know, Dave. I, I was, I was, I was, I wasn't pointing fingers, but I was putting that out there. Um, I don't understand how people do. So, I, like an unboxing, that's just totally off the cuff. When I'm doing sure. a video where I'm doing something, like I'm upgrading a computer, or I'm video editing, showing people that that none of that's scripted. But if it's me yeah. talking about something, it's scripted because I can control it. And when I can control yes. it, you know, it's easier to do all of that work up front. That way you're not wasting time with your video. You're not wasting time editing because everything is really fit in. And then when it comes to editing, my process is going to slow down because I'm, I'm looking at a Windows computer right now. I am considering um, switching my main editing computer to Windows um, just because I don't have to spend eight grand on a desktop computer to get um, decent specs out of it. So <laughs> that's going to slow down because I do have to teach myself Premiere Pro now. But I'm, I'm kind of getting there. Um, but it's all about planning um and whether you plan one video a week whether you plan three videos a week whether you plan one video a month um the more you can do up front the less it's going to be frustrating like on the back end so when i first started out i didn't really schedule my videos i was like oh it's wednesday i'll make a video i don't know what i'm gonna make a video about and then i'd make a video and it would be okay um but i really like the uh the ability to I like the ability to, and this is going to make me sound crazy. I'm not a control freak, except when it comes to my content, because I like to be able to expedite it. I like to be able to smooth out my free, any point of friction. I try to smooth it out as that is what I will invest my money in. Um, and so you learn that by doing it over and over and over. Um, so yeah, the yes. process, I, if, if people are listening out there and only take one thing away, it's not about the camera. It's not about the lighting. It's not it's kind of about the audio. Okay. I, it is kind of about the audio. The process <laughs> is the most important because you could make yes. any, like people watch YouTube, you know, on their iPhone four from 20 years ago, made updates, <laughs> but they'll watch YouTube yeah. on their phone in like 480p. Nobody cares about your resolution. Nobody cares about your dynamic range. They care about like the personality. So I, I'm, I'm getting, a, I have a, a I have a habit of going off on tangents and uh, that's what podcasts are for brother and rambling. So I think people come to YouTube for a couple of reasons and you've already talked about it, entertainment information. But what I think is the most important, what I think is the most important. And I don't hear anybody talk about is validation, especially if you're a gear channel. Mm. Um, yes. You know, people can be entertained. 
Yes, they want to go there for information, but what I think is most powerful is I've already bought these AirPods. I already bought mm-hmm. these. I already I went out and bought them. What I'm looking for is somebody to tell me that I made the right choice in buying them. Um, <laughs> or I bought this computer. Yes, I'm trying to talk to somebody that might be looking for this computer, but what I'm really trying to do is, hey, you already bought one. It was a good it was a good idea, man. You did a good you get a or gal. It was a good thing. You did a good That's thing. Great. So there's those three people or those three like things you're yeah. trying to get after or i'm trying to get after you're right i've We're never heard that after. and you're so right if i actually search myself and think about my own habits on youtube often uh i will watch a video from another creator that i like even if i already own that product because i do want to get validation from those people so you're so right wow. i do the same thing you're so right. I didn't come up with that. I can't remember where I heard that from, but I, I can't, I can't like trademark that, uh, sure, Gary, sure. but no, it's fine. But I that makes it. sense. Why, uh, like those kind of like six months later, or three months later reviews really perform well, because not only do you have more depth and understanding of it to, to review it if somebody hasn't purchased it, but if somebody did purchase it when it first came out and now three, six months later, you're validating that purchase. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah, that, people want to feel good about what they do. Like people want to feel good about what they buy. Like everybody, like I mean, yeah. part of living in a capitalist society is we enjoy buying stuff, or it wouldn't work. Um, and so people are looking for validation. So I do. That's a good point. Um, like the follow up videos, people are like, yeah, I've had this for six months now. Let's was it? Is there something better out there? Did I make a good you know good purchase? So yeah. I have a series, and I catch some flack for this series called "You Should Buy," you know, whatever. I don't actually want people to. I mean, I would love if they use the affiliate links in my videos to buy that. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but <laughs> sure. uh, the point is it's a validation video. It's not necessarily a, Gary, go out and buy this. It's, oh, you happen to have bought this. Good yeah. idea. Good job. <laughs> I love that. Um, to go back on what you're talking about, you know, just keeping your process uh, in order, your studio setup. Um, I think that's one thing when people ask me what, what I would recommend people to do if they want to have an efficient YouTube um, strategy is have a space in your home or your basement, your garage, an office, whatever it is that has lights that are just there, that has a tripod that's just sitting there. Even if you have the means to afford an additional camera that only stays on the tripod with the teleprompter built in with the same lens, with the same settings and the same white balance, and you never have to touch that camera. It's just only in your studio and that is it. And then you have another camera that you use when you go out and shoot B-roll. Like if you can do that, oh my gosh, it is so nice to just sit in your desk, you know, sit by your desk, turn on the lights, turn on the camera and just go. What do you, what do you have to say about that? Oh, I, I totally agree. But again, I, so Again, I do feel very fortunate and, you know, I have the capability. I mean, part of the reason we're in this specific house right now is it had a big basement that I could set up my studio in because I do agree. Like it's every point of friction that you can take away. So every reason to not say no is what you're trying to get after when you want to make YouTube videos, because everything that could be no, like, oh, my SD card's full. Oh, I got to set up the lights. Like everything that could make you say no is just one more reason for you not to make a video. Um, so everything that you can smooth out that's just, I sit down, I have my remote control, I turn on the lights, I hit record on the camera, and then I get going. Um, so no, I absolutely, if you have the, uh, the, the, the means to make that happen, 100% um, get a spot that you can just make YouTube videos in. Even if it's just like a small corner. That's what I started off with, was just like a small corner in an office in a... 
not even an office, in like a spare bedroom that my wife and I shared as a computer room. So I, I would just use that little corner to make my mm-hmm. initial YouTube videos. And was that the uh, was that the Star Wars posters room? No, that was the Star Wars posters room was our next house where I actually got like a like a, a the smallest bedroom in the house. I got that to myself to make YouTube cool. videos. But that was our yeah that was our second house. This one was like when I first started making videos. This is embarrassing. Like the camera was off angle. The white uh-huh. balance was just way bad. Um, and I even had like, you could see that I had just stopped watching YouTube in the background because it's still on the computer. And then I turned around and was like, here's, let's talk about, you know, stuff. Yeah. So yeah, no. You got to start uh, somewhere, man. It's all, absolutely, it's all good. Absolutely. It's kind of fun that, you know, if, if, if you're interested in seeing that, do you still have it up on your No, channel? those are hidden because they're awful. Uh- There's a few. <laughs> There's like I think there's one left, but I hid all I privated all those because they're all, every now and again <laughs> I uh, I'll I'll bring out my first video just to be like look this is where you can start and anybody yeah. can anybody can go from here you don't have to worry about 10 bit you don't have to worry about 4K this is where I started uh, <laughs> anybody you, can um, succeed do you think that having the full time job for you gives you that kind of clarity of mind to like shut off that side of your brain and and go and do work, you know, in an office with other people, you know, you get that kind of interaction with other humans and then doing the YouTube thing by yourself. Like, do you, do you actually like that balance? Do you recommend it? I do like the balance. Um, when I recommend it again, it comes down to self care, whatever you can like process and sustainability. Um, you have to be able to do what you can sustain. If you do too much, you'll burn out and then you just won't make any videos. So you got to do what's sustainable. Do I like it? I do like it because not having as much time as I think I could have if I did this as my full-time job, um, it's made me realize that like I don't have time for perfection. I don't have time to make sure the colors are perfect. I don't have time to make sure that like, I don't know, whatever people, I, whatever other, I've been doing this for so long, I don't even know what other people do. Whatever other, it's not perfect. It's just like I have given up, like it's not, it. How do I, how do I say this? Like, it's not the way I'm, like I said, I'm willing to accept an 80% solution and I just don't have time to not accept that. Sure. Um, with that being said, then what, what is your workflow then? You have what, two hours a day, two or three hours a day to, to shoot and edit or what? So I do about two hours of YouTube a day. Um, it, it's more now that I'm working from home. Cause I've kind of like taken the so the hour that it used to take me to commute to and from work, I've taken that and I've invested that hour into the YouTube channel. So it's more like three hours a day now. Nice. Um, where helps. I will, yeah. So I'll take a, yeah. I, this starts off with. So let's say an iPad comes out tomorrow. I'll buy the iPad. I'll know that I always need. I already need to do an unboxing video. I like proving to people that iPads are way more powerful than people give them credit for. So I'll probably put 6K footage in it and show that you can edit it like no problem. on whatever, like a $500 tablet that can chew through 6K footage. I know I'm going to want to compare it to other iPads that I have. I'm going to want to do a one week later video. So there's already four pieces of content. So that's already about a week and a half's worth. Um, So I can start planning that out, you know, pre-positioning the the studio. And then when I do the follow-up video, I'll at least use the gear for a week. Then I'll just like type what I like and what I don't like. I don't like getting into specs or too much technical detail. There are people out there that do that very well. I'm not one of them because I don't really care about specs of the things I use. I just am like, I like how this keyboard feels. I don't like how this stand feels. And because I, I assume that's what like other 
regular people are probably looking for is just, hey, this guy likes this thing. I like this thing. This guy doesn't like this thing. I probably wouldn't like that thing either. And then the people that are really know what they're looking for are going to dig into the tech specs. And they, they can find other places to, to watch their videos. Um, or maybe leave a comment and, and you will respond, you know. so In the first hour and a half. I'm very I'm strict. It's my process. Like I'm very strict about I'm very strict about my process. You know, that's actually clever. That might be an interesting strategy though. I know you you're you're doing it for your own sanity, but um if people are aware of that, they might comment faster and yeah, turn on bell maybe notifications. I should, maybe you should tell people that I do that. I don't know that I've oh, ever told anybody. I just ah. that's just like my own personal thing. You should tell people, say, Hey, every video I post in the first hour and a half I respond and then I'm done. So if you want if you want to see if you want me to see it, make sure it's in that window. And then that that'll make people watch it and comment right away, which will help your algorithm. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give that a shot. Um so over the last what year and a half, you were focused mostly on camera gear, and in the last what, three, four months, it's been kind of more computer tablety stuff. Is that right? Yeah, about that. Uh so I it was I considered it to be cameras for creators. Um, yeah. And I love the camera, like the camera community, like on Twitter and in other places are some of the best people I've ever met. Um, I, you know, I have the fortune to have been, um, I've had companies fly me out to events where I've gotten to meet other creators and it's just the best. It's the yeah. best. However, comma, when you go outside of like the YouTuber sphere, like, see, here's what drives me crazy, right? You, I don't get frustrated about a lot of things. Um, but the thing that frustrates me is like we make YouTube videos, right? So we talk about a camera. Obviously I'm going to talk about it in the way that I probably use it most often, which is to make YouTube videos. And then yeah. you get some very grumpy people out there that are like, well, you didn't talk about how I would make a corporate, you know, a corporate <laughs> video with this. It's like, well, I, have I ever talked about that? So I, <laughs> one of the things is obviously the camera sphere is shrinking. If you look at the SEPA reports, you look at reports, you know, the camera industry as a whole is currently going through, you know, a bit of a, a contraction. Yeah. So I, I've been trying for a while to think of a way to just step my foot outside of that because I do just like talking about gear. And it's hard for me to talk about gear when no new gear is coming out. So I had the chance when the iPad Pro 2020 came out. Mm -hmm. I've made videos on iPads before. I love I mean, I'm on an iPad right now. Um and I was like, well, we'll make a couple of videos about this, see how they do. And they did better than any video I'd done in like the previous couple of months. So I was like, okay, no time better, no time like the present to transition. So I just started now, instead of cameras for creatives, I consider it to be more like computers for creatives. Mm -hmm. Are you, so does that mean there's no more cameras period or no know? cameras have come out? Like, I mean, well, the XD, I'm, asking so since because, I, I'm asking because the ZV one is so much of an everyday dad camera it's not though i so i i've considered buying the zv1 and i haven't used it yet i love the arcs 100 line of cameras i just got um, mine last weekend so but i so i'm am also trying to really strict be really so i used to buy cameras just every day i was buying a new camera but i'm really like i have exactly the cameras <laughs> i need right now i have my i have three cameras right now um because i let's like doc let's say it out loud for historical purposes so that in three months so next we week, can. so next week when it changes, everybody will oh. be like, but you said here, cause it, it changes all the time. Like, I understand I have no credibility when I say I'm going to stick with this gear. I nobody sets out to be the crazy person on Twitter. It just, so what it do you just, got? let me get, is it the GH five? Yep. I have a GH five. S one H. Nope. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, another, I have the GH five, I have a G nine and then I have the XT four. 
The X-T4 okay. is my main camera. The GH5 yeah, is great. my B-roll camera. And then the G9 is my overhead camera. Cool. You know, it's funny you say the G9. I actually like the G9 more than uh, the other cameras a little... The other GH cameras. Uh, I wish it had a little bit more to it, but that the most recent update to it has made it incredible. I love the... The, 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 the Lumix G9 was the first good camera I ever bought. Um, I had the G7. That was like the first camera I ever bought for YouTube. Um, then the G9 came out, and I was like, this is exactly what I need. This is, it was actually my first camera video. Was I think that was my first. was talking about the g9 um and then i immediately broke it and i felt so bad like so i was talking about drones at the time right and the mavic air had just come out and my pre-order didn't make it when it said it was going to make it so i was like what am i going to do like i took these three days off of work so i could just focus and make these videos but i'm not going to have it in these three days so i lived in augusta georgia at the time uh -huh. and atlanta had a uh, micro center that's the store right the micro center they had the micro center store that had one in stock so i drove two hours that night i got home from work at six drove two hours to atlanta to pick up the drone turned around drove two hours back home and then started to do the unboxing well when i got home to start messing around with the camera one of my sd cards like the little edge here like snapped uh -huh. off and left it stayed in the camera and so it's like one o'clock in the morning i'm sleep deprived i'm exhausted i'm not thinking straight i get a butter knife from the kitchen and i try to <laughs> dig it i try to dig out the little broken sd card bit and oh, totally no. fried totally fried the port thank goodness it's yeah, a double that, card slot <laughs> yeah it had a double card slot so when i sold it on ebay and i had to be like well it only has half the card slot so i i lost a lot of money on that camera yeah but i love Ooh. the g9 you can buy them now really cheap you can it's probably so. the best value um you can get I don't know. I mean, the EM1 is great. You know, I'm the Olympus boy. I've been shooting on the Olympus, and now, now the, may they that rest ship in that's peace. Sinking. <laughs> that ship that's sinking, or that already sunk, I guess. No, it really did. I the, here's the thing with the Olympus cameras. They're they're it's the G9 without the 10 bit update. It's it's kind of that with good autofocus, and that's that's the main reason why I love it. And the autofocus works great. So, um, especially the Mark III, but. Uh, it doesn't matter because they're dead. You got to use the tool that works for you. Yeah, exactly. But I, I just, I, I seriously was like, the ZV-1 is the, it's a great like family camera. Like the microphone that's built into it, I could be behind camera. You know, my kids can be in front and I can talk to them. It picks me up as clear as them. And uh, the the 4K looks great. The color science is great. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's. It, looked, it's, I, it looks like a fantastic camera. I just. You when I'm not, <laughs> yeah, when I'm not using my the, these three cameras, my family camera is my iPhone. Like ever since I got the yeah. iPhone 11, the iPhone 11 is the camera that I use most in my life. Even though I have you know a very expensive studio set up for YouTube, I use my iPhone 11 more than anything else. I love it's Me it's too. the best phone slash camera I've ever had. Well, I have the uh, I actually went for the SE. I have the SE two. Oh, I have that um, right. I have that right over. I love the SE. Also, I just I don't know. I just the camera i don't know i i don't care about face id and to me it was a cost saving thing it's like well the camera is just as good for the most part there are small minor differences for sure uh obviously i don't have the wide angle camera but for the most part i get a lot of the benefit of the 11 for half the price so i do not under and okay so i don't mean to bring hate to your uh or to bring some angry people to your podcast i do after the sc2 has come out i don't understand why anybody would buy an android phone 
Like, because Android phones <laughs> used to be like, okay, well, you iPhones are really expensive. I don't want to buy that. Sure. I love the SE2, so I ha- I bought one because I I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand why you would not just buy an iPhone now. I, and that, I apologize and now for the angry uh, comments that I'm generating. <laughs> now with for the you. new, yeah, I mean, this week was uh, WWDC. And with the widgets and with the folder management now and just the future moving forward uh, with iOS, I mean, it's just getting better and better. I, like a lot of the things that people in the day said that they use Androids for is now available on uh, on iPhone. And, and it's that, more pri- there's more privacy. That and the po- the processor they put in that phone is unreal. And I like I have a video where I, I edit like I edit a video on the iPhone because I can plug it into a monitor. You can plug it into a mouse and a keyboard. I mean, all I did was I plugged it into a dongle that had HDMI and I edited a full video on it and it rendered faster than my iMac Pro. Like those, does I don't it, understand. Like I don't understand have, why. Uh, does it have mouse support like the iPad? Now it, so it has mouse support like the iPad used to. So you have to do it through accessibility, but okay. it does have mouse support on it. And I didn't yeah. know that. That's yep. crazy. I don't, so. I seriously, I don't understand why anybody, like I just plugged it into a monitor and I edited, uh, what, three layers of 4K 10-bit and then rendered it, and it rendered faster than my iMac Pro. Was that in uh, LumaFusion? Yep, it was in LumaFusion. Yeah. And I, I, have a, I have a slight kind of feeling that uh, Final Cut will finally come to iOS soon, Final Cut Pro X, on the iPad at least. Um, I would agree with that. And so what I think is going to happen, if we're going to speculate on Apple tech, is since everything's going to be based on the same... You know the same silicon. It's going to be the same chips, and it's based. I don't. I think the operating systems are kind of going to kind of fade away. And instead of like Mac OS and iOS and iPad OS, it's just going to be like Apple OS. And so it. I would not be surprised if one day I wake up and my iPad just has all the things that my MacBook can do, or vice yeah, versa. Because they're, get, they're getting ready versa. to. Yeah, they're getting ready to run all the iOS and the iPad stuff on MacBook. Well, I totally don't see why it wouldn't happen the other way too. The thing that's interesting about the uh, the new design language of what are they calling it, Big Sur, with uh, the new Mac operating system, the buttons, like the X button and uh, the Control Center, it looks like iPad. It's it's got big touch targets, and the fact that you can natively run without emulation, it's a native iPhone or iPad app. Um, even if the developer doesn't develop for the Macintosh, it will natively run it on the the new silicon uh max to me i think they did not announce it at all this week but i think we're gonna see touch-based uh max before you know it oh yeah oh oh yeah absolutely i it all seems or the way maybe it maybe if it's not a like traditional touch mac it'll be the new like their new ipad like cursor will move Mm -hmm. over to the mac um because i love that new cursor it's like a yeah it's like a hybrid of touch but also like on the trackpad, it, it's like an actual cursor, but it's, it's crazy. If you, if your listeners haven't used it yet, it's wild. Cause it's like, <laughs> it is, it's like auto aiming in a video game, but on a cursor. And it sounds like you <laughs> wouldn't want to do that, but once you use it, it's, it's amazing. It's hard to go back. It really is. Um, I think there w- in a way, I'm trying to think if there is anything on Mac that does it. I don't think so. Nothing that really snaps, but um, anyways, that's very up to, off topic, but <laughs> we're, we're gear guys, I love right? Talking about By gear. the way, you saw my, uh, my music video gear guy. I kind of wrote that for I us, did. you and me. I did see that. <laughs> can I just, I can't help it. I talk about, I talk about it all the time. 
So moving forward with your YouTube channel, what do you, you know, what do you see yourself uh, doing in the next, let's say five years, you know, like what are, what are some of your goals uh, that you can share with us um, with the channel? What, you know, how, how has the journey been up until now? Have you fulfilled those goals that you had? And then what do you got going forward? If you have any. Oh, in five years, I hope to still be doing it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, so I do plan out the content. I don't have any big plans like that. It's just, like I said, I, I don't ever plan on this to be like a full-time gig unless something crazy were to happen. Where like, okay, every video is a million views. Then yeah, I would, you know, maybe reorient my priorities um, towards sure. it. Uh, but no, I, I've very much enjoyed the journey. I still, to this day, can't believe. Uh, my a goal is I always wanted to get that play button and I never thought it was actually going to happen. And for those that, if you're not a YouTuber, you get like this, the play, the plaque you get from YouTube that probably costs like 20 bucks. You could buy it yourself instead of spending three <laughs> years making videos to get it. I didn't um, know that. <laughs> I, I can't cost that much. I mean, but I always wanted that. That yeah. was the big goal I had. Um, like, I can't believe the growth that we've had over the past three months. Like I used to consider it to be a fantastic month if we got, you know, close to a million views. We've been pulling in easily over 2 million views a month. Um, the last amazing, the last man. three months has just been a straight um, upward, like 90 degree angle or 45 degree angle, which has been great. I think Good this week, you, though, That's awesome. this week, though, we finally have started to, to level off, which is I'm fine with. Um, I actually don't like being on a hot streak for so long because then you're like, you're always trying to chase. You're trying to keep the hot streak alive where... Yeah. When it like levels out, it's just, okay, the pressure's off. I can now just make the videos I want to make again. Um, but I've, <laughs> sure. I've absolutely enjoyed the journey. I would like to keep doing it. Um, I don't know. It just depends on uh, how, like how work goes. You know, I got to make sure I can balance work against YouTube. I will probably keep doing it in some way, shape or form, no matter what happens. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I still, like I said, totally, I cannot believe that I make, you know, a video that, anybody i can't believe one person watches it like i can't believe that it's not just my <laughs> wife is the only person that watches my videos um so i feel truly humbled uh, i can't i that's awesome. every day i wake up and i'm like i cannot believe that like people watch this i mean it's it's good i i try to make the best content that i can um so but it's still like i can't believe it i can't believe it <laughs> that's a that's a great attitude man I'm, i hope you continue to have that perspective um so to close this out we've got a couple of ama questions uh that we got on twitter absolutely um, the first one is from kurt uh buyer have him tell the story of why he now needs a pizza oven <laughs> oh uh so there's a joke there's a, a a person i follow on twitter very much his name's patrick tomaso uh, and he yes. bought like a thousand dollar pizza oven and as a gear person i've been struggling for the last three months to not buy a thousand dollar pizza oven <laughs> Um, cause like <laughs> the stuff that I buy for YouTube, my wife's like, you spent how much on that camera? I'm like, yeah, but it's a business expense it's for work. Y yeah. YouTube's paying for it. Don't worry about it. But I feel like if I bought a thousand dollar pizza oven, we'd uh, be crossing some lines. And, uh, <laughs> so no, I don't need a thousand. I'll just, we, we will buy our Friday pizza like a normal person. Sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. Patrick is great. He's kind Patrick. of a, he's a Twitter that troll dude, in all the best I, ways. Absolutely. But if I were, a, if I were brand. And I'll, I'll take, I will, you know, seed some of my time on your podcast to, to shout out Patrick. If I were a brand and you, if you are a brand listening to this, you need to go find Patrick Tommaso. That dude will make whatever you're selling look amazing. If I made a product, <laughs> I would beg him to advertise it because his videos are legit. Yeah. He's amazing. 
Uh, Lee Zavitz asks, how many GH5s has he owned over a period of two years? Oh, wait, over a period of two years? Oh, one. Yeah. One. Oh, it's okay. One. So a period of three years then. <laughs> Is that why you said, oh? Okay, so. You've sold and I know you've seven? sold and bought. I've had seven GH5s. So what? Because I buy them and then I sell them and then I buy them and I sell them yeah. and I buy them and I sell them. Can you walk me through that? Is it is it part of your? I mean, as funny and as as jokey as we want to be about it, like, is there a business reason why you keep just selling them and rebuying nope, it? There's not. I just I'm like, oh, I need a GH5, so I buy it. And then I'm like, oh, I want another camera, so I sell it. And then I buy another camera, and then I sell that camera. No, I've. Oh, okay. So I, I always I always buy my gear used, so yeah. I don't I don't take that big of a hit if I'm like I don't like this, I'm gonna sell it. Especially um, if it's only a month later or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so it's not, it's just insanity. It, there's no good reason to do it. <laughs> uh, I I hate to bring it up, but there's a lot of people saying it. Um, the frame rate argument, 24 frames, 30 <laughs> frames per second. Brand, uh, M. Brandon Lee, why does he have such bad taste in frame rates? That was his question. Okay, here's the, here's the secret, right? Yeah. Nobody cares about your frame rate. Nobody, no. <laughs> nobody that watches YouTube gives one crap about your frame rate. I, but the reason I, so it's a troll though. Right? It is absolutely. So if you obviously like you cinematographers, people making movies and then people that want to, people that want to feel more filmic will use 24 frames per second. Um, I use 30 frames per second as just kind of like a, I'm trying to keep it PG as just kind of like a, you know, I, whatever man like who cared nobody cares about your frame rate so i you know i like to troll and say how good 30 frames per second is because literally nobody cares but it will trigger the filmmaker crowd like crazy so it's, <laughs> it's just a joke i don't actually i honestly i don't care like i'll film sometimes in 24 if the camera's you know crops in because it's in 30 or if it's the only you know frame rate it'll do i'll do either i just it's a troll because it's, it's funny. I find it funny. <laughs> a lot of the, uh, I think like um, Marquez Brownlee, you know, I even think uh, Austin Evans and some of those guys, I think they shoot 30 as well. Some of the tech reviewers, um, you know, 30 frames per second is the standard when it comes to television production. Uh, 24 frames per second is the industry standard when it comes to filmmaking. And then also now with Netflix and higher end uh, TV shows, um, and there, there really was this kind of like magical thing about 24 when it um, became available digitally because all camcorders shot 30 frames per second in 60i. And so a lot of filmmakers, indie filmmakers, were just desperate to have 24 frames per second because that's what movies were shot in. Uh, and when it became available, you know, the early DSLRs, they didn't, the, the first 5D Mark II didn't even do 24. It only did 30, um, so everybody had to convert it to 24 until they released a firmware update that enabled it. So I think there is some legacy there. Like People just love it because there is this like, you know, cinematic thing to it. But yeah, I mean, I'm a 24 guy for sure. But I, I just don't... liked being successful in the camera space while shooting in 30 <laughs> frames per second. That's <laughs> yeah, what exactly. I liked doing. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Um. To to follow that up with Tom Buck says, why does he have such great taste in frame rates? Because um, he's the so. everyday dad. Tom's amazing too, <laughs> by the way. He has a, he just got a feature on him because uh, he's a school media producer, and that dude is also legit. <laughs> um, Nicholas liked hashtag no niche niche. 
sorry. Um, if you could have one and only one computer, desktop or laptop, PC, Mac, or iPad, for everything, what would you choose? MacBook Pro 16, Dell XPS 15 or 17, custom desktop PC, or iPad Pro? Oh, I'd go with MacBook Pro. One. I'd go with the MacBook Pro 16. I mean, even yeah. though I'm considering moving away from my MacBook as like my video editing uh, platform, that's just because I have an iPad that I will continue that will continue to be glued to my hip. Um, and if I need a, a travel computer that's a little bit better, I'll use my MacBook Pro 13. But if I could only have one, sure. it'd be the 16 easily. That thing is bonkers. Except okay. Catalina, I'm ready to get away from Catalina. <laughs> that's true. Um. Cool. Well, that that's it for the the questions on Twitter. Thank you, everybody that asked, and uh, of course, the frame rate one was a nice troll. Um, anything that you'd like to leave, um, you know, at the end here uh, to inspire somebody who is inspired by you, by your story today, uh, somebody who maybe is more like you, who just is in, wants to get into YouTube that doesn't have that filmmaking, uh, you know, cr creator background. Um, What's some words of inspiration that you could you can share with those types of people? Uh, I would just get started. Like seriously, just the best thing you can do if you want to do this is just get started because it will be it'll take you some time to learn. It took me a long time to learn. Um, I would say at least a year, year and a half before I was even comfortable going into manual mode on my camera um, before I figured that stuff out. So the more you can start doing it, figuring out if this is even something you like. Uh, yeah, just just start. That's the easily that's the easiest thing because you can figure everything else out as you go along. You just got to have something you enjoy talking about and then just start talking about it until because nobody can shut you up. Right. Like nobody's going to stop <laughs> me from talking about computers. So, I mean, my wife can when I'm talking to her about computers, but like nobody <laughs> sure. on YouTube can stop me. So you just keep going because nobody nobody can. I love it. Well, congratulations, Gary, for your incredible growth over these last couple months, for your consistency. I love being your friend and watching you on Twitter. So uh, we'll continue all that. And uh, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. I appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with the Everyday Dad. It was a real pleasure to interview Gary and to hear his process. Man, this guy works really hard and is incredibly structured and is able to stay super focused. I think we can learn a lot from him balancing his life, being a full-time uh, employee, as well as a YouTuber and dad. It's really kind of incredible what he's been able to accomplish. And I think if you guys have any questions at all, he would be more than happy to answer on Twitter at the Everyday Dad. Follow him on Twitter. He's an incredible tweeter, and I love uh, seeing his tweets. He always says something funny and is always buying something new. So go give him a follow and ask him a question and tell him that you heard this conversation on the Golden Hour Podcast. If you're a fan of the show and you think someone else would be interested in it as well, would you please do us a favor and share this episode or another episode that you think somebody would find interesting on your social media platform? It means the world to us and that is really the only way we can get the word out there and grow this show is word of mouth. So please share this podcast on social media and please let people know that you love this show. I love seeing the Instagram stories that you guys send me uh, and I really appreciate all the support that you guys give us uh, for this podcast. If you guys want to reach out to me, I actually have a community now that you can actually text to and have a conversation with me. So shoot me a text at 615 398 Four five two seven. Just let me know that you heard this from the Golden Hour Podcast and I'll make sure to hit you back right away. So shoot me a text. We'll have a conversation. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays. This is the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by Polar Pro. We'll see you next week.
Bye.